The NCAA last week decided there'd be no sports championships except maybe, maybe immense football. Is football less risky under COVID than anything else in the NCAA? Of course not. But what other factors might be at play? Well, we'll let a guy who usually talks basketball, Tate Frazier from the Titus and Tate podcast, finally have his big shot. He's going to talk football, health, money, and COVID on today's Money with Friends. Welcome to the Money with Friends podcast, coming to you live from my mom's half-finished basement right now in Stovermont, where we're making Stacky Benjamins episodes. I'm Joe Salcihi. And I am Tate Frazier, and I am very happy to be here, Joe. I'm from the Pushing Through podcast, and I can't wait to talk about the NCAA and football, and of course, money, because they're all related. <laughs> they are all related. This is the podcast where we cover recent stories ripped from the financial press. Today, we're going to tackle one from, where the heck did I get this from? I got it from uh, MSN Sports. Uh, we're not only going to read part of it, like some podcasts, but we'll dive into how it affects your wallet, what you can do to invest, say, paid on debt more effectively, and if that's not enough... Tate and I going to have a big idea that you can use the rest of your day to be better with your money. Today's uh, show is brought to you by Tiller Money. That's how I actually manage my money. Head to tillerhq.com for more and you will get a free 30-day trial and you will get a cool, cool way to manage your money, which is all spreadsheet based. I'm not a spreadsheet guy, but I really like this because of the fact that not only can I get uh, all my money downloaded easily to my computer but, or wherever I want it, frankly, but it's also, it also is the most flexible app to control your money. Uh, TillerHQ.com forward slash MWF. All right. I stumbled out of the gate there, Tate, but here to pick me up, make sure this show makes it through from the Pushing Through podcast. Tay Frazier, how are you, man? I am doing great. I'm so happy to be back. I'm so happy that you were able to let me come back on the show because, you know, we talked about basketball last time. I probably praised the NBA too much. Uh, you know, I probably turned off some some football fans. They're like, I'm tired of this basketball talk. So then I came back on the other side and now I want to talk about football and why it's important. And uh, we're going to see what happens. Mark Emmert and the NCAA. There's a lot of there's a lot of reports. I don't like the, in our headline today. I just want to point out the headline says NCAA decides it's not safe to play sports in the fall, but cash cow football is somehow immune. I don't like them using immune. I, you know, know what I mean? Because we're, we're not right. sure. It's it's too it's too close, Joe. That's my first thought. Well, close. well, it it is it is too close. And Joe hanging out with us. We record this live. Joe hanging out with us. Asked if we're going to talk about the WTF. Of course, that's a Washington football team. That's yes. uh, uh, a WFT, by the way, Joe. It, it, Joe's a little <laughs> dyslexic. We're not going to talk about that. We're going to talk about something else very important. Football, sport, sports, uh, NCAA, maybe a little about money. Let's see which one of our friends can help us kick this off. This is Tim with the Faith and Finances podcast. We'll supply the coffee. They'll supply the headlines. That's why I listen to Money with Friends. All right. Uh, today's piece, as uh, Tate said, comes to us from MSN Sports. It's written by Sam Fells. NCAA decides it's not safe to play sports in the fall, but cash cow football is somehow 
immune. Uh, Sam writes, in the latest falling domino, the NCAA this afternoon, this was written a week ago, announced it would not be having fall championships in any sport. That's not football. The NCAA's decided that soccer, cross country, women's field hockey, volleyball, all not safe for kids to participate in due to the pandemic. They have some hope to move them to the spring as well, but no firm plans have been announced as of yet. This news comes from NCAA's president, Mark Emmert. Uh, you might notice a name missing from the list of sports here. It's the fall sport that generates billions for universities and the NCAA. Somehow that one's still going in some parts of the country. Because the funny thing is, college football is actually too big for the NCAA to do anything about. Tate? In this nonsensical world where players aren't paid anything to generate ungodly amounts of money for coaches who drive them into the ground and then decry any... I, first off, this, these are not my words. Uh, decry <laughs> any suggestion that players should be paid as well from, from their portions and for universities that don't really bother to, bother to educate them and an organization that doesn't actually control them. The NCAA isn't in charge of the college football playoff, which is an agreement between the conferences. This is actually really interesting, Joe. This is this is what people are figuring out now. So, yeah. all, so are all the bowl games. Uh, so there's not much the NCAA can actually do to write Rightfully stop football from happening. And I think that's the real hook of this, right? I mean, that's that's where we are. The NCAA itself, they have shut down volleyball, cross country, all, all of that we just listed um, before, but not football, not not foosball, as we would say if we were in the water boy. Uh, this is the big sport. This is the big kahuna. This is the one that pays for everything else. And this is something that Mark Emmert, in fact, he doesn't even want to have to speak on. And that is that is where we are. And those conferences that have that agreement, they are all talking and they are trying to make other agreements. So that's why you hear a school like Nebraska and their football coach, Scott Farrell, say, I don't care what the Big Ten says. We're going to play football. And, you know, there may be another conference like the Big 12 that, you know, has had them before and hosted them before. or Maybe the SEC that's not afraid to host football powerhouses. They could join there. I mean, it could be. The wild, wild west, as they say, Joe, and it's all about money and uh, there's a lot of revenue to be had. And I don't know what's going to happen, but it's going to be a lot of fun to report on as as a journalist myself. And as someone that is a big fan of college sports, that went to a a public university, the University of North Carolina, Chapel Hill. I'm excited to see and I am anxious to see how the dominoes fall because students at North Carolina were there for a week and they already were sent home uh, after paying their full tuition. Yeah. So. What is that going to look like? What does the fallout look like? Are they going to play football? Are those people going to get refunds? Is it going to be some sort of down payment for the future? Where 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 does it all go? Because that is the the, the domino that's going to fall all across uh, the country where they haven't made these decisions on football and students and all these other things. Well, and I think there's a few things to dig into here, but the first one is in the very... So Gravy just said UNC Chapel Hill just kicked everyone out. They did. They did. That's true. Yuck. Everyone's remote. There's a lot of takeaways. This one, though, in the very next... Uh, The very next paragraph of this, Mm. it says, but still college football players must be looking around at their fellow athletes on campus who were just told it's not safe for them to play and ask some serious questions about why is it safe for them to play? Tate, why is it safe for football players to play, but it's not safe for anybody else to play? Because it's never been safe to play football, Joe. That's the understood thing. We all understood this. I remember when I was in ninth grade, there was a decision that me, my mom, and my dad, we all made together. Guess what? I'm not going to be quarterback in an option offense. I'm going to go play soccer. You know, I'm not going to get rocked. I could have maybe played in pro-style offense. I wanted to be a quarterback. I did that in middle school. Nope. 
moving on. That's what that's just what is what it is because I was going to get rocked, Joe. Everyone knows that football is not a safe sport in general. So I think that understood ethos is there. So even the football players kind of know what they're getting into, unfortunately. So they don't even ask that question, you know, because they already understood the, the social contract that goes into the game. Oh, but okay. So I like where you took that. You took that in a different, you did a little speaking about option offense. You took the different option than I thought you were going to (laughs) take. I thought you were going to throw it over here, which Mm. is that football is the behemoth that makes crap loads of money for everybody, except, except those dudes that go on the field. The, the people on the field that know that it's tough, those people, uh, they're going to make this off of going out there. And by the way, for people listening, which is a majority of people, I just have a big fat zero. They're not going to make any money, Tate, but there's so much more money that everybody else is making. Do you think that's, is that a problem? It is a problem. The, the defending national champions, Joe Burrow, who we all just fell in love with and, and saw LSU, you know, the the the, the team that, you know, they kind of just took America's heart and gave them a nice little run. They're going to say they, they came out and basically said they're going to lose $80 million if they don't play football. Right. So you just talked about the value of that program. The the, the program is worth $80 million. I mean, there, there's there's TV money, obviously, that's, that's involved in all that sort of stuff. But at the end of the day, that creates value for those players. And we've never seen the actual numbers as to what the value is. So as th- this whole pandemic is playing out, we're seeing a lot of the books that we've never seen before. Yeah. Or, 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 the, or it's just we're getting more headlines and more digging into those things. So. Now the the players are more aware maybe than they have been in the past. They're going to ask for having some sort of equity because equality is one thing. Equity is a different thing. And if these guys are going to invest themselves where this is a money podcast, Joe, we're now we're talking if, if they're going to get the equity um, that they want in the game of college football, maybe this is the chance we've seen that with the PAC 12 and the big 10, they have the whole movements uh, trying to get united, maybe forming a union who knows what it looks like or what it turns into. But this is the most momentum it's ever had for sure. I saw a slideshow this morning about even the, the, the PAC 12, which is every year becoming less and less and less of a league. Just looking at the PAC 12, the amount of money that those schools are losing. I think uh, uh, Stanford's number one, because I believe they play more big out of, uh, out of, uh, area programs than others. They also have the big Notre Dame game, of course, which I think is probably a cash cow. So uh, uh, they're just losing tons of money. Mm-hmm. And I and I wonder, I wonder with all that money, is is this the chance? Are finally we going to see players finally start getting paid? I don't know if you know. I ran cross country in college. I ran for the Citadel, the Military College of South Carolina. Oh, yeah, 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 yeah. All that money I, I gen- all that money I generated Tate, for the school. You know, they probably uh, generated four, maybe five bucks on my <laughs> on my legs. But uh, but but these football players generating so much money, and I look at if they're LSU losing eighty million dollars. I'm Joe Burrow last year. I, I brought in a hell of a lot of that money myself. Nothing. I do think jersey sales and autographs, I mean, the things that guys used to get in trouble. I remember Todd Gurley when he was at Georgia. He, he got in trouble for signing autographs, and, and they were saying that he was going to be banned and not be able to play. And uh, I went to North Carolina in 2010 when 15 players got suspended before they played LSU uh, down in Atlanta because of you know be, guys getting watches, and someone tweeted out a rap lyric. And like you said, everyone's trying to, to stay on top of these things. But if Joe Burrow could have sold the jersey where he spelled his last name you know, with the Go Tigers, if he did that, 
and was able to sell it and make some sort of share on that jersey, then he gets something back, at least in that moment, right? They're making so much more off him. But, like, why can't they – I've always – I mean, the jersey seems like the easiest. The Olympic model always seemed like if Michael Phelps can get an American Express deal, then why could Cam Newton not get that when he was the biggest star in college football? You know, it seems like it could be one-to-one. But it it, it never is going to be because the power dynamics are so – stacked in one one way and the game and the game works joe i mean like we're all signing up and when the when the games sure. start being played like you said we all fall in love with joe burrow and lsu and and that just kind of is what it is and i think this is the first year it'll be different and this will be a real test to see where we go well and people you know i try to bring this around to takeaways for people with their money and on the show we talk about insurance right and we talk about Mm -hmm. risk management and i'm wondering if a situation like this makes an ncaa star go you know i need to go pro quicker because if i'm taking this much risk with my body i need i need to make money i mean don't get me wrong if you're if you're doing something that you love like i don't know what type of a moat you guys crossed with your with the with the titus and tate show uh, uh before pushing through but for stacking benjamins we had a hell of a moat it's okay to do something you love for a while but at some point it has to start paying right and for yep. these players maybe instead of playing four years maybe it's only a year maybe it's two years just to get the word out about how great they are then they go finally uh make it worth their time Absolutely. I mean, the good news for guys that are playing football is that the NFL, I believe they do have the fans, the institutional fans that are there. So when you go play for the Raiders, or you go play for the Cowboys, or you go play for the Giants or the Jets or whatever it may be, you have a chance for those fans to love you, to invest in you, to support you, to basically make you have more value in the marketplace because you are being supported. And I think that's what college football and college sports in general is able to generate fan bases for guys that go yeah. play. If Andrew, Andrew Wiggins goes, you know, to Lawrence, Kansas for nine months and they're, they're fans from Kansas that are always going to be a fan of Andrew Wiggins because he went to Kansas, you know, there's Joel Embiid's probably a better example because he's in the playoffs right now. So we'll say Joel Embiid. They're always going to be a fan of Joel Embiid. He was there for 10 months. I know he wanted to stay longer, but that, that kinmanship or whatever it is, that connection that we have to the universities, I feel like the NFL teams have that as well yeah. um, to a certain extent for the loyalty. So in, as football players, being able to make that jump and know that you can go somewhere where you can build that fan base where you can be like a prime time or, you know, all these guys, Michael Strahan with the giants, whatever it may be, whatever example you want to use, you can build that in the NFL. The NBA is more of a, an individual thing anyway, uh, as far as building your brand for the most part, but in the NFL it can be built through a team. You can find the loyal fan base. So like you said, I mean, if you are at a Purdue, I think there was a guy at Purdue, one of their top receivers that he, obviously wants to play for Purdue, but he, like you said, he looked at both sides of this and says, I can get paid to go play football and, you know, take the same risk or I can not get paid and take this risk. And I have to make that choice. And uh, I mean, it seems like we're talking money. That seems like a, a pretty good choice or an easy choice for people that have that talent. There's some, there's some, you know, they're not supposed to have agents yet. Right. Uh, I'm not sure you yeah. know how that rules works better than I do, but, but, but there's gotta be some family financial advisors out there sitting down with dude with a big arms family doing crossover point analysis about how much college is going to be worth it before they, yeah. before they go especially with this stuff going on and it's not like these guys have a choice to go in high school or, or right. like baseball you know the, the baseball system is if you have a guy in high school that i mean i don't know what derrick henry looked like in high school but i remember seeing a clip of him and i say hey 
that kid seems like he could be ready for the NFL. I don't know. Maybe, maybe we give him you know a couple years, but he goes to Alabama and dominates. Then he goes to the NFL and obviously was, was so great in the playoffs last year. And he probably could have gone at 18, 19 years old straight to the NFL and gotten himself in the system. He doesn't have that choice. Baseball players do have that choice. And once they make that choice, they can go back and forth. And then, But if they do go to college, they have to stay there for three years. And that's the rule for football players. They have to stay there for at least three years. I think it might be worth reevaluating something as simple as let's make that two years. I know that would upset the Nick Sabans and the Mac Browns of the world yeah, when that yeah. happened. you know. But I, I think maybe that's something that at least there's some sort of tip of the cap or a nod to, Hey, we, we know you're putting in a lot of investment here. You only have to be here for two years. Then you can go pro. I don't but this, know. But this, but this goes, Maurice Claret was that perfect example. That, that's what yeah. he was. The, yeah. the, this, by the way, goes back to your original point though, Tate, which is the players know what they're getting into. Right. And that is yep. different with baseball. If you decide to go baseball, you know what the system is. You know what you're getting into with football. You know what it is. So I don't know, maybe our takeaways get, well, we'll see what our takeaway is in a second, but maybe <laughs> it is understand the game before you get in. I mean, I, I hate to say, mm-hmm. ask an, 18 year old to know what the hell they're getting into but but with that much money on the line maybe maybe that's the deal in, yep. just, in just a second, Tate and I are going to have our takeaways from today's show. But first, want to say a big thanks to everybody who's checked out Tiller Money using our link, tillerhq.com forward slash MWF. I use this spreadsheet to manage my money, even though I'm not a spreadsheet person. You would think being a money geek that I am, but I'm really not. But what I like about this is that I move very quickly and I want to make sure that I stay on top of my money and I don't want to be have a bunch of stuff advertised to me uh, because I went with a free app. So because there's a subscription with Tiller Money, and you can find out more about that at tillerhq.com forward slash MWF, what you'll find is you know exactly how they're making money and you know that all that you're going to get from them is a great, easy way to manage yours. So I start off with a template. I choose from a bunch of ones that they have there at Tiller. I can dumb them down and make them even easier. And once a day, automatically, all of my new stuff from my bank account, from my investments, from any debt that I might have, it all goes into this spreadsheet. I can see it very quickly. I can go on with my day. But if you're not like me and you love spreadsheets and you want more, Tiller can also bring you more. Check it out at tillerhq.com forward slash MWF. And you will get, by the way, uh, 30 days free and you can check out Tiller money there. Uh, big takeaway here, man, to end this, to end this show and we, we can go watch basketball. Uh, what's the, what's, what's the I takeaway apologize to the people that are watching me live right now. Let's see my, <laughs> my eyes cutting away to the TV, but the, like, like I said, you know, it's, it's, it's the playoffs, but uh, my big takeaway, Joe is pretty simple is that uh, despite all of the, the back and forth and the wait and see approach to these big sec, ACC, big 12, the big conferences of football, the show will go on. Um, I think that they will roll the balls out. They will see what happens because of the big money that is involved. And we're going to see what the ripple effect is. And if you are a player, like you said, you have to understand what you are getting yourself into. You hope that you have the education of the risk that you are taking and you understand that. And if you make that decision, we have to hope that the Jim Harbaugh's of the world who put out his comprehensive plan and said, this is how we're going to execute things and run it like a tight ship. You have to hope that that's how everyone does it. And I feel like, To be quite fair, some of these big institutions are professional institutions like a Michigan or an Ohio State or an Alabama, you know, or an LSU. The list goes on. Texas, Oklahoma, they can run a tight ship. And if those institutions are going to play 
football. They're going to go for the money and they can, they can put a plan together. We're going to see what it looks like. My big takeaway is that football will go on and we will deal with the repercussions of it. And, uh, and that's, that's kind of where we are, Joe and uh, the sec and the ACC and who knows what conferences look like, but I think that we're going to see some football games and I don't know if they're in a bubble outside a bubble or, who knows? But uh, they're 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 going to play, and uh, and that's going to be you know interesting to watch. I, I would say. I uh, I just got to I, I can't let that go without reminding people that Jim Harbaugh's a loser. I just got to say that. <laughs> just gotta, Michigan State going out. Go like go, go green, pal. Go green. Yes. <laughs> Forget about the Wolverines, Jim. Harbaugh. All we want is college basketball. That's what that's what I'm hoping for. Fingers yes. crossed for college basketball. I'm hoping for the Maui Invitational at best. Man, me too. That was so painful not having March Madness this year. It was just oh my my March was just I mean between that painful. and figuring out what the hell to do at home that whole month. That was yeah. that was bad stuff. I, I I think you you brought up uh, Harbaugh though just to poke me. I think. I uh, no, I was not doing that. I, 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 I think that was I'm not a Michigan guy. I'm think, not a Michigan guy. <laughs> you are. Yeah, good point. You are not a Michigan guy. No. Uh, no. Uh, you know, my takeaway. My takeaway is is this: is that you. You know, there was a there was a show that we did with Stacking Benjamins with this guy, John Hope Bryant, and and he talked about how there's a lot of people in America who never get the memo about money. And his book was called The Memo. He's like, you know, some people are born in families where they get the memo, they know what's going on, and 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 they get this leg up. They know what a mutual fund is by the time they're five. They know how to stay away from credit card debt. And then there's people that are in this this uh, cycle of poverty and they'll never get out of it. The thing that's cool about sports though, Tate is it's a great equalizer. And if you're going to play sports, I think there's a couple things to do. I love the game, but know the system you're in where we talked about that. But then also, also man, look at the way the game is changing right now and the risk that you're taking. And I think you got to think about risk versus reward uh, at this point. I, I think the risk reward thing, especially in, I look at yesterday, we talked about, about the NBA. They have these players in a bubble, Mm-hmm. They're, they're completely isolated. I feel like a lot of the NCAA guys that we're about to see out there on the football field, not in a bubble at all. And they get to go hug some dude on the 40 yard line, every <laughs> single play over and over and over spitting on each other's face. Yep. And yep. Uh, making no money in the cold. Yeah. In the rain in the snow, whatever it may be. Yeah. And uh, like you said, I mean, it's a risk versus risk versus reward. And I think uh, a lot of guys look at the platform, you know, for some guys it is worth it because like you said, the visibility will get them to yeah. that next level. And that may be worth the, the risk reward for them personally. But what is that for the third string, fourth string, who knows? Um, and, but college best or college football, college, college football for sure is a, is a big behemoth. And, uh, and there's a lot to be examined there and we'll see, we'll see what it looks like. Cause I think it's going to take a new shape and people I think it be, totally is. Yeah. 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 And are they going to yeah. make it the teams that play? Are they going to make it through the full season? Is Texas going to make it through the full season? I, I mean, the, the, I don't know. Stubbornness is something else. Stuff people, people, if people want football, I mean, they're, they're, they, they're going to go for it. That's the thing. Um, I don't know what phase they're going to be on in Texas, but it might be phase, you know, Friday night and, uh, and they're going to tee it up. So. It is it, the adventure of sports gets more of an adventure yeah. every day here. Hey, um, <laughs> We talked yesterday, my friend, about what happened recently on the Pushing Through podcast. You know that nobody listens to or watches this show. So just share with, it's just you and me, man. What's coming up that you probably can't tell anybody about that you're waiting for this big reveal on Pushing Through? 
Well, I mean, I'll tell you this. We do have uh, Miami Heat fans out there. I don't know if there are Miami Heat fans that are listening to the podcast, but Duncan Robinson, who is one of their uh, starters, one of their best shooters, a guy that's breaking a lot of re- – he, he's like a splash cousin. He's like Clay Thompson and Steph Curry's splash cousin, just shoots threes. He's a specialist. He studies Reggie Miller. He's a, he's a friend of mine. I remember when he was at Michigan, he wanted to do a podcast because he thought his basketball career was going to be over in a few months. They make the Final Four – uh, he ends up going to the heat. The rest is history. We're going to have him on the show. He's going to tell us about being in the bubble like we've been talking about and uh, share some stories about, you know, having J.J. Redick try to teach him how to shoot basketball, but he's like, I already know how to shoot. Um, so it'll be it'll be a fun interview, and uh, and uh, we're excited. So that's a scoop right there for you, Joe. we got Duncan Robinson coming on the show. You had to bring up Michigan again. Oh, I... <laughs> <laughs> I, uh, this, I, I, I mean, so think about it like this. He played on a D3 team before. So that, that's what that's where that's where he really represents. No. And I got to tell you this. Uh, not only do I like him, uh, I thought that Jim Beeline and, and the way that he coached those teams really just just did a service for everybody. And, and, it was and great for the Big Ten. Yeah, it was fantastic. It was yes. And uh, I love that defense first uh, disciplined uh, basketball game. Good stuff. And, and then they turned into an offensive team that last year. I mean, the final four is kind of crazy. Mo Wagner and Duncan Robinson. It was, it was a great team. A lot of fun. It was awesome. And so and you can hear the Pushing Through podcast wherever finer podcasts are distributed. Tate, we will see you again in a month, my friend. Thank you so much. I appreciate all the listeners out there. And you're the best, Joe. No, I'm second best compared to you, pal. <laughs> thanks. Thanks for hanging out with us, everybody. We'll see you again back here tomorrow at Money with Friends. Bye bye. Show's created and hosted by us, Joe Salcihai and Bobby Rebel, and it's edited and produced by Ashley Wall. Money with Friends is a product of Money with Friends LLC, copyright 2020. For a list of the thought leaders who appear on the podcast and links to the stories discussed, head to our website, moneywithfriendspodcast.com. You can also check out our schedule for upcoming recording sessions so you can join us and be part of the show. Also, be sure to follow us on social media at moneyfriendspod on both Instagram and Twitter. Look out for our polls and quizzes. You could get a shout out on the show. We're well worth following. We promise. As with anything, remember you shouldn't take advice from any of us or or any other videos or podcasts without first talking to your financial advisor. These people on this episode, they're here for your and their entertainment purposes only. I'm Bobby. I'm Joe. We'll see you here back next time with another episode of Money with Friends. Bam, nailed it.